How's it going, JMS Podcast listeners? This is Jorge M. Sanchez. We have a great guest today. The one and only Sailing South had a great talk. Uh, great guy. Uh, he came by and we talked it out and it was a good chat. And, you know, I got nothing but good vibes coming from him. So, so talking to him came out smooth. What can I say? Um, I He did perform a song, so stay tuned for that. Uh, the song he performs at the end is As You Were. Um, he said it's not in his EP that's available now on SoundCloud. You should really check it out. Uh, because the song that we'll be playing before our conversation is from that EP. And uh, that's coming That's coming real soon. Oh yeah. How you guys doing by the way? Hopefully, hopefully you guys are all well. Either you're listening to this in the car. Or you're listening to this at school. Or at work. Or just randomly listen to this at wherever you are. I truly appreciate it. And I would also appreciate it if you really dig this podcast and the guests it has on. And, and all the different content this podcast provides. I would really appreciate it if you subscribed. On iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, whatever other format or platform you're listening in from. And don't forget, JMS Podcast, we are everywhere. And a non-Orson Welles uh, uh, thing, uh, we are we are kind of everywhere, at least, for the most part. Um, Facebook, you can follow JMS Podcast on Facebook. Just hit like. You can also follow JMS Podcast on Twitter. You could tweet at JMS Podcast. And you can follow JMS Podcast on Instagram, you know. Uh, if you didn't know, now you know. Or you could just email me directly with anything at all. Even a high at jmspodcast at gmail.com. Bada beam, bada boom. Oh man, it's been a tough week. It's been a tough week. It's like, it's it's really hitting me now, adulthood, in some weird way. Although I'm 26 years old, you're like, ah, by this time you should get adulthood. Nope, no, I don't at all. Um, I, I, I'm not sure if I mentioned this, but I found, I got myself a 9 to 5 job. That's right. Got to pay the bills somehow. I Man, everything is a whole different mood. I am more tired. Working 9 to 5, 5 days a week, full time. On top of everything else I'm doing. It's like, oh. Duh. You know, it's... What's the word I'm looking for? It all just gets exhausting. I'm like, man, no wonder. Like before, you know, when I was a student, and don't get me wrong, I put a lot of hours as a student, but your scheduling for the most part was somewhat flexible, you know? And if it wasn't flexible, it was like temporary for like a semester or for a quarter, then like you could just redo everything. And when you're stuck with a nine to five, it's not really like that. It's like, it just becomes somewhat mundane. And, um... After a while, you, you, you're kind of rediscovering who you are. And that's where I'm at. It's like, for example, last night, Friday night, I was like, you know what? I should celebrate this Friday because I just worked the entire week. But the thing is, like, I really didn't feel like seeing anybody. I'm just too tired to be in conversations or to be in a scene or to be whatever to be talked to I just didn't want to be talked to anybody not in a dick way like I don't want to talk to me it's more like I just want to rest and be I tonight I just want to be a stranger 
enjoying something that's out there. And for me, more than ever, when I'm feeling this way, I go to my church. And by church, I mean my church is a movie theater. The cinemas. For me, that is my church. Is the movie theater. Uh, when I have shitty days or when I'm going through tough times, I just ingrain myself, in, hopefully, in an empty movie theater and I watch a film. And I was like, I need to do that. I need to go to church. I need, I need to spend uh, some time watching a movie and hopefully get re-inspired. And especially now, it's like, oh, life is just kind of kind of hitting me kind of hard. I just got my first bill collecting uh, agency phone call. I was like, wow, that was fast. I just I just graduated and already they're calling me up to bill me. I'm like, man, I'm getting this whole adulthood package right off the bat. So anyway, uh, I was like, all right, I'm going to go watch a movie. And my usual spot is closed. Uh, it's a big shock, but not really. Camera 12 has officially uh, closed in downtown San Jose. Um... I'm in some ways I'm gonna miss it, in a lot of ways I'm gonna miss it. What am I talking about? I mean, prices were cheap. I mean, come on, ten dollars compared to like fifteen bucks in most other places. Yeah, I'll take that. On top of that, you know, in some way that that was my cinema church for a while. I mean, even when I got into in high school, I used to go there and watch movies, and now it's gone. And and I don't think people in the community fully. Uh, gravitate or understand the importance of that spot because so many local film festivals were hosted there including CineQuest which is an international film festival and now it's gone and uh, honestly I, I think that's a for the most part I think that that's a big blow to the um, downtown or in general the San Jose film scene you might be asking yourself do we really have a film scene yes we do they're out there Young filmmakers from school or out of school are creating amazing films. And in some ways, they would look forward to being in these smaller film festivals to be screened at Camera 12. And now it's gone. And now it's a Friday night. I'm feeling too tired to go out. And I find out that my movie theater is gone. I'm like, ah, shit. And I really don't like going to AMC theater. Nothing against AMC. It's just... Again, you know, it's hard to be a stranger in in a mall setting movie theater or in a corporate theater, you know. It's just hard. It, uh, you, you'll be dealing with people regardless. So I was like, oh, well, the closest thing is Cine Arts in, in Santana Row. I mean, not really my thing, but, you know, man's got to do what man's got to do, or woman, and, and go, go, go try to have a good time on a Friday night. And I get there, and, man... The hours are off. Like, the, the next film to be screened was at 10 p.m. I'm like, no, I'm too old for this shit. I can't do, like, midnight screens anymore. And there I was. Lonely. Tired. On a Friday night. I'm like, I don't know what to do. And I was like, uh, you know what? Maybe I should go listen to some music. But not just any kind of music. I need music that could really, really uh, touch me and kind of express this this tiredness that I feel. And I was like, shit, man. Well, right now, tonight, I'm trying to go to my roots and go to a movie theater. But none of them are available right now. So maybe I should do it musically. And that is to seek out to see if there's any live music 
that play the blues in San Jose, which is no easy feat. The blues scene in San Jose, it's not that big if there is any. If anything, the blues scene is probably more smaller than the film scene, which is a shame in my opinion. Because for the most part, I feel San Jose, as tech as they're trying to come off, as whatever, it's still a pretty working class blue collar area. And that's just, you know, prime locations for blues music. I was like, ah, the only place really to play the blues. I mean, and usually I go to Woodham's Lounge, but on this particular uh, night, Poorhouse Bistro came into mind. Like, yeah. And there I went, driving off to Poorhouse Bistro, get there, get myself a beer, and man, the fucking band that we're playing, they were smoking. It was just what I needed. I need some live blues music. And I was like, man, I, I totally like, I, I needed that. I, I need to go back to my roots and listen to the blues. Because especially when I'm going, you know, in tough times, and especially during heartbreak, which, you know, I'm going through one recently, uh, two things really helped me out out of funk, which is blues music and boxing movies. Don't ask me why. I don't know. Every time I watch a boxing film uh, after a breakup, like, it makes me feel better for some reason. I, I don't know. Something about seeing a guy torture himself and fighting someone else, I could really relate to that in, a, in an emotional level. And I couldn't get the boxing film right now, but I got the blues music. And it just made the whole week of all those long hours at work worth it. All right. Well, that's my story about my pursuit of connecting with myself during this tough time through the blues. And at the end of the day, that's all I want to be in some way. Just some low-key blues player. That'd be awesome. Maybe one day. I hope so. I gotta I got, I got, got, got to go practice my guitar a lot more. But you know what? Do you know who has been practicing the guitar and actually performing a lot of shows? That's right. The guest tonight. Sailing South. Let's go into our conversation with Sailing South. And the song that I'm about to play right now is straight out of his EP. And it's called Rest. And if you haven't already... By the time you're listening to my to my monologue, checked out Sailing South on Bandcamp, you should totally do. So go to Bandcamp, search Sailing South Music, and there you have it. It's a goodbye. It's a great EP. Alright. Let's go on with the song and our conversation.
on the level. Both uh, taking taking a picture. Uh, Snapchat. Uh, Snapchat. Yeah. I can't really get into Snapchat. No. I find it weird. It's live blogging. That's all live it is. blogging. Anything live, it, it, it weirds me out. Really? Yeah. Like even on Facebook, people go like, "Oh, you know, it's annoying to get notifications sometimes." Yeah. Like so and so's live. It's like, dude, oh, I, no. I don't even talk to so and so. Why do I care what they're what they're doing right that's now? True. But I mean, you do a podcast, so that's kind of live too, no? Well, not really. I mean, I record it. And then it's live late, or it's live for a second, and then later it's it's, it's broadcasted later though. True. So okay. so this will be broadcasted tomorrow. Okay. Yeah. So cool. it's, it's a little different. You yeah. Know? Uh, because I don't know. I just like. Do Do you feel like it's a good experience with you Snapchatting live stuff? Um, I I only got into Snapchat when I was into the studio when I was recording my my EP. But that was because um, a lot of people were like, "Oh, can I go with you?" And uh, I'm like, kind of shut down in the studio so like yeah um i just thought it would be a better way for people to see like what the studio looked like and everything like that and then um it's cool like when you're on trips like i just played in la so like when we were out there i was just snapchatting like all the dumb stuff that we were doing and oh cool what part of la were you in uh west hollywood oh damn all right yeah so how, how are things working out over there it went well uh hope to be back within another month or so um but just trying to play it out of out of city a little more um mm. instead of just like staying like in san jose and the bay area trying to branch out of it too now, now it's interesting uh talking to you because i i've only been introduced to you as sailing south mm -hmm. <laughs> nobody wants to give me your real name yeah <laughs> is, is that is that by <clears throat> by choice um i kind of well most singer songwriters use their names yeah um and i i'm a little more um, everything is kind of like planned for me. So like Sailing South was like a band name originally, um, but I never got a band, so I just kind of stuck with it and just ran with a singer songwriter project. Um, and then I also didn't want my like name out there and like glorified or anything like that. I kind of just yeah. I wanted Sailing South to be whatever Sailing South is to everybody that listens to it. So <laughs> they can but, make but, their own thing. Yeah, but like I was like, hey, what's his name? I don't know. It's like, what do you mean you don't know? It's like, oh, we just call him Sailing South. Call, yeah, literally everybody calls me Sailing South. Even your manager. I, I, yeah. I, I ran to your manager outside uh, JJ Blues one night. And he goes, oh, I re I'm representing Sailing South. I'm yeah. Like, oh, who is that? It's, like, it's Sailing South. Sailing South. <laughs> it's like, okay. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Yeah, I know. Yeah. That, uh, <laughs> You know, I did that to myself, I guess. Uh, do you ever catch yourself talking in third person? I do. Selling South is hungry. <laughs> it's weird because, like, when you have to do a website and you have to create a bio or something like that, you have to write, like... Yeah. I don't know, because they make me do it. So, I, it's, like, it's so weird where it's, like, Anthony likes to take walks at the beach. Like, I don't know. It's really weird, but yeah. I do find myself talking, like, Selling South... Uh, Sailing South likes water. Like, you know, like, <laughs> well, who's that? Sailing South. That's who it is. And, uh, and I, I, I just been exposed to, to your music recently, mm -hmm. but it seems like you've been in the scene for quite a while. Um, yes, on and off. Um, I started doing this back in like 2013 or 12 or something like How that. How old were you back then? Um, I was a baby. I was, mm. I was 18. Oh, oh, come on. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think like literally born. No, I'm just oh, no. Uh, so, you, same. <laughs> so you were 20. I'm 24 now. 
So okay. um, you're a young cat, man. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, so the the beard gives you age. It does. If I shave, it, it, I'll look like I'm 15. The the beard gives you age and wisdom. Like like you, I agree. You, you got that beard that that you look at it as like, all right, this guy this guy has some like stuff that I should know about in life. <laughs> when I shave, it's like, oh, this guy, this kid. How do you do it? I, I just started growing my beard out. Um, Yours is pretty well maintained. Do you have any tips? It's the same thing as growing your hair out. There's that phase where it yeah, looks but dude, really I'm bald. Ugly and it does not work for me. Okay, there's, there's, there's. Okay. For, for the listeners out there who who even wonder how I even look like, I'm balding for a 26 year old. <laughs> I started balding like at 21. Oh no way. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Embrace it. Is what it. it is. I get. Make it work, dude. Well, I, I didn't embrace it, but I didn't discourage it either. I was yeah. like, oh, whatever. Like, it is what it is. I can't do nothing about it. True. Um, I just, just didn't shave. <laughs> I just shaved like the top of it. But other than that, I just didn't shave. But there was this terrible part where it was just super patchy. Like when I first started growing it out. Like me a bit. Yeah. And everybody was like, just shave. And I was like, no, I can't. Like, I want a beard. I want a beard. Yeah. And then like, I think within a month, it just like filled in. And then it just started growing from there. And I was like, yes. Because mm. I always wanted a beard. Do you, do you get, because I know a lot of men out there are insecure about their hair. Uh-huh. Not including me, obviously. Um, do you feel yourself you're insecure with your with your beard sometimes? Um, a little bit. Like if I I played at Forager and uh, the oh owner, dude, that's such a that great guy room. had like the amazing like, oh his yeah, beard was just the like blonde guy, right? Yeah, I was like four was he blonde of or, mine. or was it was he ginger? Like, like ginger, like ginger. Yeah. Can we can I even say the word ginger anymore? Is that offensive I now? I don't know. Redhead. It was redhead. His redhead with a red beard. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. If we offended you, sorry. <laughs> no, hey, we're complimenting your beard. Yeah, it was an absolutely. amazing beard. It was like four of mine. It was nuts. Yeah. I was just like... I saw it. I wanted to hide. In it? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like I became... Just, just hide in the beard? Incredibly. Because, like, everybody that I was there with, like, that were there to see me, were like, oh, look at his beard. And I was like, I went too. Like... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's nice, whatever. <laughs> like, <laughs> and all the struggle we we've gone through just to grow a beard. Just out. to grow a beard, it's not easy. It's no. it's. I saw an, an article or a picture today that was um, comparing guys with beards to putting like having girls putting makeup on. So like like how guys complain. That, I wouldn't like, go that far. How like girls like look different with makeup. That like if a guy shaved, he looked different, and he doesn't look as like hot or sexy with a beard. But the difference is we can't remove a beard. Well, we can, but we don't want to remove a beard at the end of the day. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Like it was a pretty interesting conversation. I didn't. I didn't say anything about it. I didn't like it. I didn't share it. I didn't do anything. But um, well, how do you feel about it? Um. I get where they're coming from, but I don't think it's the same. I think it's yeah. different. Yeah. Because, yeah. um, I don't know. It's it's a lifestyle. Because, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I'm not, I didn't grow the, I'm not growing this beard out to look better. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, you know, I, I just finished school and I finished working at a job where I had to shave. Now I don't have to do none of now that. I don't have I to do like, that. So Fuck it. I just <laughs> let it grow. Don't do it. Yeah. But, but it, why do you let yours uh, grow out? Um... I was uh, tired of looking like a baby. And when I hit 21, I was tired of people asking me, like, because I had, like, a little patchiness between 18 and 20. But when I turned 21, like, I was tired of everybody asking me for my ID. Yeah. So I was like, if I grow my beard out, like, I won't have to, uh, like, take out my ID anymore. And I don't. Like, every time I go to a bar, they're like, they they just look at me, but they look at everyone else and ask for IDs. It's great. It's good that you're not a smart ass who, like, would, like, tape the ID to your beard as you walk in. Right there. (laughs) <laughs> well, like, I have this thing where, like, I get pissy. Like, if they ask me for my ID, like, I'll take my time taking it out. Really? Like, do I look like I'm 10? Oh, man. Like, I, I was ready to ask your ID to come in here. 
<laughs> you should have. Like, I would have annoyed you straight Give me one second. Go through everyone else. I'll be right back. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So you started when you were young in your in tw- early 20s, 20. You mm-hmm. are in your early 20s. But yeah. when you're 20, but were you playing any other kind of music prior? Um, yeah. I was like in bands and like high school garage bands before. And um, it was mainly like we were became a band to like be a band. But then it became into like a party thing where like everyone was just partying and I got kind of tired of it and I like really wanted to play music so where did you grow up? Uh, San Jose what part? Um, everywhere east side south side what do you mean every, like like all of San Jose like you moved across different yeah, sections? yeah I, I, I moved a couple times I lived in What's Santa the story Clara behind that? a little bit too um, my mom just um, she wanted to get out of her our grandma's house and kind of start her own thing so we got an apartment like near Willow Glen and then we ended up living um, in Santa Clara for a little bit too uh, she moved in with her boyfriend out there uh, so I, anywhere my mom kind of went you know we went to interesting yeah. what, what line of work is she in? Um, well she was always just a receptionist but for like different jobs so like she worked for a place called Color Image for one time she was doing receptionist job for the company that printed out the shirts for like Fox um, oh, cool. and, and companies like that interesting and did she play music at no, no? Uh, she sang or she sings. Um, she would like sing in the choir at church and stuff like that. But other than that, she doesn't like really branch out. Was that your early inspiration? Do you think growing up watching your mother sing? Um, well, when we would go to church, uh, we had they would have like this band that was up there and playing, and I was just like, was just stuck on them, and I was like, they do this here. <laughs> yeah. So um, I kind of like that's how I started playing guitar, um, but I kind of like I people didn't have patience to teach me so I just taught myself what do you mean um, by that like people were like were annoyed I would ask people if they could like show me how to play guitar but I think I think they weren't like out of place for like teaching I think they were still learning themselves so uh. it was kind of like they're like, oh yeah for sure yeah like I would love to and then like I wouldn't hear from them anymore <laughs> so I was like okay <laughs> I guess I gotta do it myself yeah so yeah so how, how did you start teaching yourself uh, music videos I would get out of here really yeah because YouTube wasn't big yet um, mm. and I had a guitar and I would watch music videos and I would see how they were putting their fingers on the guitar and I would just pause it and I would try to play whatever it is they were playing and when I first learned guitar I literally thought every song was just E and C because those are the only two <laughs> chords that I knew so I would like play along to e everything and C. with just E and C and those are the only yeah. chords that I knew and like they don't well, even go together well, <laughs> well, well, what the thing is man like I mean, I I, I find it very awesome that you, you you took you had the audacity or, um, the thing of like I really want to learn that you started making music videos. Yeah. But me, I I you know my experience with music videos like we don't really have the musicians playing the real chords. Just yeah. pretend like you're playing yeah, a song, yeah, a sure. song, yeah, and we'll fix it later in post. <laughs> no, yeah, for sure that makes sense. Cause like back then, music videos was like the only way that you were able to look at the band other than seeing them live. You know what, dude? I was thinking like we're, we're, we're two years apart. Uh huh. Dude, I was just thinking, you know what? Music videos played a big part in my youth. Yep. Like, more than I'd like to admit. Like, I remember on, not just MTV, but on VH1, like, in the morning, they used to have, like, this yeah. block of music videos. Yeah. And I used to watch them before, you know. Before I went to school. Before, before going to school. everything. I yeah. would come home and want to watch more music videos. And, and it was and, it was and, weird. And I was like, how did I even forget about that? It was yeah. so recently that I remember. I was like, dude, I remember, like... Five days of the week, getting ready to school, you know, while eating my breakfast, I had the music video channel in the background. Yeah. And these were like 
pretty cool music videos. Yeah, no, a lot of them are really cool. I I used to just like what I I used to hear these songs on the radio, and then you would get home and turn your TV on, and then you would see like the visual for it. Yeah. Um, and back then, like music videos weren't like dumb now. Like they would be like stories, like uh, like I don't know, like Michael Jackson, how he used to have like just stories and part ones and part twos for his music videos yeah. was like cool, and then. Um, like rock bands and stuff like that. Like when I when My Chemical for Romance first came out, I remember watching uh, a video for "Honey, This Mirror Isn't Big Enough for the Two of Us," and I was like, "Oh well, this movie, this song is for a movie." I like never heard of the movie, but I liked the band. Yeah. And then I don't know. It's just like it. I would just that's how I would discover music too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I I miss it. And that was another thing too. It's like that was another good way to discover new music when new music videos came on. Yeah. I was like, it oh, was, that sounds cool. That sounds yeah, pretty good. That, and it's weird. Say, in this context, it's weird because we're both in our 20s and we're, and we're, and we're like, oh, remember back in the day? But you, <laughs> but, but you know what, dude? Like, the, the method of entertainment has grown that fast. Yeah. Over the years, thanks to the internet. Yep. We're, we just take in more information. Therefore, I think we forget more information. Yeah. Well, I think another thing that played out, too, was the fact that MTV and VH1 started doing more reality shows yeah. and people started like watching those more and more so like music videos kind of started taking a back burner mm-hmm. and they started doing stuff with like celebrities like Room Raiders with celebrities or like um, that, that kind of killed it like too, yeah. Cribs with like you know like looking at their houses like taking it a step further and it like Pit My Ride I yeah that like Pit My Ride <laughs> like stuff, stuff like that like it would come out of nowhere yeah. and like I would watch it. Like, I always yeah. watched them, and I was like, this sucks. Like, yeah. And or I would find myself just watching, waiting for music videos to come back on. Uh-huh. And then now they only play it, like, at midnight when everyone's asleep. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it was definitely a huge part for me. That's how I found a lot of the bands. And these days, to. for music videos to really, like, even be worthy to get a lot of people's attention, that has to be, like, a viral hit yeah. of some kind. No, I mean... There, there has to be some novelty behind it, some, some, some gimmicky thing yeah, behind it. Yeah, for music... You have to make like you have to make it a big deal, yeah. Or else other people won't like take it that way. So like, if you're gonna be release like a music video, like make a freaking Facebook event page for it. Like invite tons of people to watch it. Or another thing that I've seen some bands do is like if you need extras, like involve like your fan base or people in it, and that makes them want to see it and share it. Yeah. And that's that's just kind of like. How and it you goes. touched on, upon a very important factor. I feel in music videos that's kind of forgotten these days. At least uh, these recent years, except for a couple exceptions, which is a sense of narrative behind it, a sense mm-hmm. of story, and, and and I'm glad you brought that up because I remember when I got you know I, I I'm working for Limey Records and they put me as music producer cool. stuff uh, for for the videos. I told them straight, up, I do not want to make cliche <laughs> shit. Yeah. You know, like I had I had a conversation with the musicians, uh, a couple of them actually. We're like, oh, dude, we just set up a camera here and there, we just GoPro this or yeah. or whatever. That's like the go-to thing is which, the GoPro. Which makes sense, you know, if you're on a budget. Yeah. But for me, I have a filmmaker's ego, you yeah. know? I'm like, no, I I, I want to tell a story with this music. I yeah, want absolutely. to visually tell a story. Yeah. I don't just want to record you playing music. I mean, you can if you want. Just hide, get someone else. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But, that makes sense. But, but the reason why I'm so adamant about it is that look at the music videos that stick out in our consciousness mm-hmm. or that stick out in general in pop culture. Yeah. They have a narrative to them somehow. Yeah, you know. Well, for, yeah, I agree. I mean, like every song is about something. Um, well, most songs are about something. Like pop culture, it's about anything now. But I feel like if the artist took the time to 
you know, had to go through the emotions that they went through and had to go through the time to, to create and write the song that I feel like the artist that's making the music video should have to do the same thing because in a sense you're taking like an inside look on like what the story behind the song is. So I hate music videos that have nothing to do with the song and it's just like yeah. like <laughs> I don't know, like Blink one eighty two is like infamous for that. Like they yeah. have like I think one of the music videos was just like they they got cut a check and they're like we're just going to cash it out and just give the money to everybody and i was like oh well i mean like i guess that's cool because you're giving away free money mm. um but i was more interested into the song to see like a story or something like that but i, I think i think in, in that scene in the punk scene since you mentioned blink 182 uh i think the people to this day one of my favorite punk bands uh, at least of our generation is green day mm-hmm. oh and they just released some new stuff. uh whether it's their early stuff or their latest stuff, mm-hmm. but their music videos, a lot of them are fucking great. Yeah, they stick out. They are. They're mine. Their first music video, um, God, what's the song? Jesus of Suburbia. One of the best the songs video. they've made, yeah. I feel, in my opinion, and one of the best music videos out yeah. there when it comes to Green Day. Yeah. Um, I don't think it was Basket Case. No, it was. It was like their. I I forgot what the song was. Uh, it was their first music video, um, and the band didn't have like an incredible budget for it so they just shot it in their apartment mm-hmm. um i don't know i just thought that was cool but like the like they trashed their apartment they like put their tv on to where it was just like a static channel and like it <laughs> they just made it look crazy and it was like what is this place and it was like their home you know yeah. and it like it, it was just crazy like i don't know yeah it's really cool <laughs> all right but go, going back to you so you're young you're going to church you're looking at these musicians to try and get help to learn so you go you look into music video to to start learning how to play guitar mm-hmm. and then you jumped into bands later yeah um what kind, I, of, what kind of music were you playing with these bands um we were emo like emo rock. yeah dude like <laughs> what do you mean by that like emo i don't know even me emo <laughs> that emo genre has different splinters it really does because like there's like i don't know we were honestly we were just rock but like we were like a cross between um like early my chem and um like newer afi so it was kind of like if I, was, I dig afi yeah so it was kind of it was kind of stuff like that but i mean we were just kids so they asked me to join and um I lied to them and I told them I paid bass and they were like, oh, you do? And I was like, yeah, like if you guys need a bass player, like, oh yeah, we do. I was like, I play bass. Like I had no idea. I didn't know that. With no no prior experience with bass. I never have played bass in my did life. Did you even have a bass? I ne- didn't even have a bass. <laughs> so you, and you told them I'll play bass. I told them I play bass and uh, they were like, yeah, sick. So, and it was crazy because I just, it was my first day at like a new high school. I went to Lincoln High School. Um and so I now I had people to hang out with, but I was like, now I have a uh, I have a problem now. I have to buy a base. So like we acted out as long as we could, like or at least I did. Yeah, go, let's like, practice next week. No, yeah, no, next so, week. I mean, yeah. I had to bust my ass and I had to mow a bunch of goddamn lawns, and you know I ended up mowing enough. And my friend was like, well, I have a base. Like if you want it, like I'll sell it to you for eighty bucks. And I was like, okay, cool. And it was like a five string Samick, like huge white bass guitar and it was five strings and I was like aren't they usually four yeah and he was like yeah and I was like <laughs> sick yeah I'll take it so like, I freaking took it and like yeah um, and then from there like learning bass uh, I just was like promoting myself as a bass player and a singer but h- h- how did that first band practice come about um, when you brought that bass with no experience in practicing I just kept pushing the top string to be honest <laughs> 
<laughs> like I don't think that they knew because they had like their amps like grunging in the drums like and you just hear like the E just the whole time like, yeah. <laughs> and it was like nobody knew and I was like that was so sick and then like I had I had to like um my friend was like, yeah, uh, he, he kind of, like, helped me out and showed me, like, he drew, like, a map of, like, the bass and, like, just the top two strings. He's like, you could play the top two strings, like, for every song. And I was like, oh, okay. So he was like, he just showed me what the E was, and he was like, if you know the alphabet, E, F, G, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, and it just repeats. And I was like, oh, okay, so... Um, I would just ask like my my bandmates. I was like, "Well, what chord is that? Like, what are you playing?" They're like, "A," and I was like, "Okay, well, A is right here." So that's that's how I learned. <laughs> Did you find it easy to pick up? Yeah, it was. It's the easiest instrument. Like I always tell people, if you want to learn how to play like an instrument, play bass because like the beginning steps of it are like beyond easy. But like I know some bass players that like never play the top two strings and only play like beyond that. Mm-hmm. But uh, it it could be a complicated instrument, but it could also be like the most simplified instrument too. Um, when did you transition over to guitar? Um, I left that band, and uh, my girlfriend at the time, I was writing songs, but I was writing them on bass, and like you can't. How, how did that work out? You can't really get like you know. Baby, exactly. Like, but I was like, yeah, this isn't gonna work. Like. I can't really do this alone, so I, um, my friend let me have his old guitar, like, he dropped it at school one time and, and broke the neck, so I just taped it. No, you, you just taped <laughs> it. I taped it, and, Was uh, it an acoustic? Yeah. Okay. I, I glued it on the inside, and then I taped, like, the whole neck, and, do, do, um, do you remember what brand? I don't. I, okay. I actually, I think it was an Epiphone. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> What's a cheap one? Okay. Yeah, so, so I... I had that and I started like writing songs on that, but I was, I was very like, it was minimal. Like I, I didn't really have much like to go from because the guitar was breaking all the time. And then my mom was like, well, let's go get one. And, uh, we went to guitar sender and they're like a hundred bucks more. And she was like, I'm not spending a hundred dollars on a guitar. And I was like, well, I know big lots has some. So we went to big lots and bought like a $50 guitar yeah. and that was my first guitar. Uh-huh. Um, and I still have that thing. And then after that, um, I just started like learning chords and just basically everything I knew, everything that I knew from bass, and I try to apply it um, because you can play bass on an acoustic guitar, right? Like if you need to, uh, with um, the E and the exactly. A. Yeah. So you could you could play. So um, I just became obsessed with that, and I brought my guitar everywhere with me, and I was just learning everything that I could. Like I would watch other people play, and I would I would try to keep up with them, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's how I learned. <laughs> All right, and then uh, when did you decide to go solo or perform in in front of a crowd solo? Um, I always knew I wanted to do music, and um, I think I got rejected from the solo idea from a lot of my friends and people that I knew. Uh, what do you mean rejected? Not re- like rejected, discouraged. But yeah, kind of like oh, well, like you don't really see a lot of like really big like solo people out there what and i was what's that logic hold on exactly hold on they say yeah. that there's not a lot of solo acts yeah that are big but at the time like the biggest solo acts that were coming out that encouraged me were like never shout never mm-hmm. or secondhand serenade that were these acoustic acts uh but like other they weren't like tom petty or like bob dylan you know like that like they they didn't know who those people were 
they were looking at mainstream like you know music so um and, and you listened to Bob Dylan and Pop Tom Petty growing up? Absolutely, yeah. I, once I started getting into uh, singer-songwriters, I was like, this is what I wanted to do. And I only started doing that because I listened to Nirvana. I'm a huge Nirvana fan. And uh, Kurt Cobain, when he did the MTV Unplugged, um, I, like, scratched my brain. And I was like, this is, like, like, I would listen to this probably more over Nirvana. And he had a bunch of interviews where he he was just like i want to be a really old man on the porch of my house in front of lake washington just with my acoustic guitar and a beagle next to me or something like like that was his dream that's what he wanted to do he wanted to be a singer songwriter and i was like well what the hell is a singer songwriter so i just googled it and, and tom bob petty <laughs> and bob dylan you know all the guys like came up well and, that's good for me tom petty is definitely one of my favorite songwriters yeah. of all time uh Amazing songwriter. Yeah, amazing, and and it's it's just crazy because I I was so limited on like my music like library, and it was crazy just like hearing him say singer songwriter. I was like, well, what the hell is that? And it was just like googling it, and I found like an instrument like library of just music that I was missing out on. And after I was like, these guys just have an acoustic guitar and they're making it work. Like, yeah, I can fucking do that easy, uh-huh. and. That from there on, I was like, I can do, I can do acoustic, and you have a pretty interesting sound. That now, yeah, that I know you. Did you did you have the sound before? No. And by that, you have a, a bit of acoustic punk sound. Yeah. Um. So when I first tried, <laughs> when I first started, my music was it sucked. It was terrible, and maybe that's why everyone was like telling me not to to do maybe they're like you should be in a band you should be uh you should be quiet just play the bass in the back yeah the guitar you should stick with bass because i didn't really know how to sing either dude dude i don't to this day i don't know how to fucking sing yeah but but you know when you're performing in front of people you get this high yeah absolutely i agree and that makes you want to try to sing even harder and like like I mean, granted, I mean, I think your vocals are fine for, for what you do. Thank you. But, for, you know, for me, people will say, hey, you sound like Bob Dylan. Yeah. And I never know if that's an insult or a compliment. Yeah. Knowing Bob Dylan. Because <laughs> it's the way they say it. Hey, you sound like Bob Dylan. Is that, like, yeah. negative or, like... Is this 60s or 70s Bob Dylan? What are we talking about? Are you coming at me right now? <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know, and I, and I remember, like, you know, my friends, just the other day... uh. We're going on a bit of a tangent, but like um, a good friend of mine, he's because I want to because hang out musicians that are singers, and 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 they have a, a great way of, of harmonizing and this and that. Yeah, I want to try it out. Mm-hmm. And I have friends trying to help me, and I take up as much as I can, but later on, like as I'm doing it, I start hating myself <laughs> because like this is just not me. Yeah, the sound is great on others, but it's just not me. Yeah, and I know. I mean, right now, I've only been playing for, like, a year and a half or two years. Mm-hmm. But already, I'm like, all right, but I have the sound already. Why not embrace that already? Yeah. Instead of trying to be a really good singer, which I'm not, just be a unique singer. Yeah. And I think that's what Bob Dylan and Tom Petty bring to the table mm-hmm. is that... Individuality. Like. Individuality and personality. Mm-hmm. But Tom Petty nor Bob Dylan worry about hitting some high or no. some notes harmonically. You don't need to. Because for them, it's about the music and about the, the, the content of what they're saying with their yeah, music. Absolutely. So I was like, and, and that's something you said that I, I really related to. I was like, yeah, man, because rock and roll, for me at least, that includes punk, 
it's it's the whole idea of it's so simple that anybody can do it, and it's more about feelings and emotions. Yeah, you know? for sure. There's a reason why rock and roll came from the blues. Yeah, and saying that the blues was d- deeply Im- by the church. You know, great yeah. music came out of church music. No, I don't absolutely. know where I'm going with this. I'm just you know trying to tell you, man. No, it's, it's crazy. I feel guilty that they discouraged you from the beginning. No, it, it takes practice and work, man. It does. I I was trying to sing. In not my voice. I was trying to sing in what was like mainstream. So like I was trying to mix Never Shout Never with like singer songwriter. Which he he's like an acoustic like person, but I was trying to sing like high pitched and, and like that because that's what was selling at the time. And um not that I couldn't do that, but it was kinda like I shouldn't have done that because that, that wasn't who I was. That wasn't me as an artist. That was me trying to mimic the sounds of, right. of other artists. So, um, yeah, I, I got into a relationship and then, uh, I started taking music like less seriously because this person like didn't want me doing music. Whoa. Um, What's the story behind that? Um, this person wanted family. This person wanted all that stuff. And it was like 18. Jesus Christ. Exactly. So it's like when we get there, <laughs> you know, and like if we get Live there. Live a little, God. Yeah. And it was kind of like, well, this is something that I've always wanted. This is my dream. And I stopped doing shows. I stopped. I was always writing. Um, I took like maybe a year or two off. What were you doing in this year? Um, just working. What line of work? Um, I worked at a pottery store called Petroglyph in Willow Glen. Whoa. Yeah. Like making pottery? No, uh, painting it. So you can come in and paint it. So you're an artist as well? No, absolutely not. I don't know how I got that. (laughs) (laughs) It's the same with the base story. It's absolutely the same thing. Do you know how to paint? (laughs) Yeah, totally do. Totally do. No. How'd you survive for a year? Um, I just cleaned flower I petals. Cleaned, oh, I cleaned the tables. I did the dishes, like the artist dishes and stuff like that. There's like a set of rules that they have um, for painting there. So I just told people the the rules, and I would try to paint myself. And everything that I did wrong, like all the the things that I would do for mistakes, like I learned from that way. Yeah. So I, I just picked it up. <laughs> so dude, I'm loving you, man. I think it's funny. It's hilarious. <laughs> you people put- are like, oh, you're an artist. You probably like you you probably like paint so much. I'm like, absolutely not. Like I don't. I'm not here, and I don't paint outside of work. Like right. <laughs> Oh man, that's great! All right, so you've been working at this pottery store. You gotta be crying from the after right now. <laughs> so you work at this pottery store for a year off. Yeah. You're in a relationship. She's not digging you playing music. She wants yeah. you to start working and, and raising a family. Yeah. So I started working. Um, I got accepted to go to Cogswell College. Uh, so I started doing. Where's that? Where it's is? it's called Cogswell. It's like a private, like media graphic design type of school. Um, it's very very low key. Like unless someone tells you about it, you probably will never have heard of it. Okay. Um, but I was I was doing sound design um, and field recording and audio production there. Um, so I, I basically wanted to do and like record music for like animated movies. So like movies for, like Bolt and you know stuff like that. I really wanted to um, do stuff like that. So I was doing that. It became too expensive. So I was working. Uh, my mom just kicked me out of the house. I had no car. What? I lived in Santa Teresa, and this place was in Sunnyvale, so it was like a two-and-a-half-hour light rail ride to come out here. So you had a rocky relationship with your mother as well? Yeah. Um, Over music as well? No, it was kind of um, – I wasn't home to clean, <laughs> so 
So, <laughs> you're so out of here. I was I was never home. I was only home to shower and eat and sleep. And other yeah. than that, I was I was at school. Then I had to go to work. And then I had church. And then I would come home. Oh man. Um, so it was like, and then I had this girlfriend that I had to see too. I had to talk to her and stuff yeah. like that. Um, so it was a lot going on at one time, you and were, it was kind of like you were really in a quagmire there. Yeah. So I was writing some really good music, and that's basically everything that um, that you hear now. Well, actually, I wrote all that stuff like finished after we broke up um after we broke up i was kind of like you know what like i let her bring me down and i started becoming really depressed and i started drinking a lot and uh, i started thinking about like suicide and stuff and i overcame all of that well damn um, i don't blame you man you got kicked out you're living in a car in mm-hmm. san Teresa. it was and, a lot and and you you were working going mm-hmm. to school and here you, relationships it's like pretty much it's the person you hold on to for hope yeah it's the last thing and then she's gone go yeah so um i was i live i was renting out a basement too so um it was really dark like constantly so um i, I went through all that stuff and what changed um i was started thinking about like suicide and stuff and i was like am i seriously like letting her like affect me like this much to where like I'm questioning my life and my existence like I've always loved music and I've I know that it's always something that I needed to keep in my life and I needed to do um so I picked up my guitar and I wrote rest and then I wrote uh this could kill me um and those were the two first songs that I had for this EP um and then I had a couple other songs about like drinking and stuff like that that I'm not finished with I'm not 100% with yet they will be released later but I just started writing and I just felt better um, and I was like, this is, this is what I needed to do. Became therapeutic. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, and I wasn't singing the way that like my high pitched singing, I was just singing like with a very soft voice. And then when I needed to get raspy, it was kind of like a scream, um, for me. And that's kind of like when I get to that point when I'm playing my songs, like that's what it is to me. Like that emotion filled, like raspiness, that, that screaming, um, so, um, it was kind of like a, a moment of desperation, um, that I needed to find something to kind of like save me out of like those thoughts. And I went to music and it was there for me. And, uh, like my guitar understood what I, what I wanted to play, what I was thinking, what I was feeling at the time. So, um, it got me out yeah. and I, I was like, okay, from now on, um, this is what I want to do. And I, I started writing and then at the beginning of this year, January, um, it's when I started playing shows under Sailing South again and I went to the studio and I recorded my EP and I just since since 2015 I kind of um, was 100% serious about it oh, 2016 sorry mm. 2016 <laughs> and, and when you start writing these songs to get out of that funk uh, when did you start performing in front of were you hitting up open mics? no um, well that was the first step that I did first so I started writing this stuff and like like around November um, and um, I wasn't until January where I started doing open mics at Cafe Lift um, I think I performed there two or three times and then I had my first show offer um, and then from there I just was just shows and I would do open mics every now and then uh, just when I kind of like wrote a new song and I was excited about it and I needed to like get it out that's good um, open mics very supportive environment absolutely I feel I feel I wouldn't be here without open mics. Exactly, they're very important. Uh, trust me, man. Me being, I've been in film circles, comedy circles. Mm-hmm. None of that can compare to the music circles. No, they're I, really supportive, 
And you know what, man? Anybody listening in and they're going through tough shit in life, yeah, pick up an instrument and go to an open mic. Mm-hmm. Like you don't even have to be good at it. No, you could do just covers. hang out. Like yeah, it's 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 such a good community, and um, they they weren't very they didn't like brush me off. Like there have been bands that I've opened up for and stuff like that, and I didn't draw like twenty five, but I only drew eighteen, so they they didn't want to. Like, it's numbers, you know? But, like, if you do open mic or shows with open mic people, like, we could be playing in a bar with nobody there, and, like, people will be walking by because they just hear acoustic, and I don't know, it draws people, but, like, we we set up shows with each other, we, like, support each other, we share each other's stuff, and we hang out, we have beers, we have coffee, you know? Like, we travel, like, I traveled to, I did a tour with Israel Sanchez, mm. um, real and, cool guy, and I, I met him maybe, like, two or maybe a month before. And um, he invited me over. We did a video thing and then an interview. And then from there, we just we've been helping each other out. So it's like there's it's it's the most welcoming community that I think I've ever been a part of. And I love everybody that's in that scene. Like I I love the open mic scene. I'm very grateful for it. Um, and it helped me realize there's so much talent here in San Jose. Oh yeah. And it's it's just been very quiet and under the radar. And um, what do you think that is? I. Th- think promoting your stuff is very tricky mm-hmm. it's very hard sometimes things work sometimes things don't work um, and I think that like promoting your stuff a little more like making because your name should be a brand so like to me Ceiling South is a brand um, so that's kind of like how I approach it like it's my business it's it's my my other job you know it not that it's a job but it's, it's something that I want to do forever so I want to bring Sailing South to everybody, so if I treat it like a brand, then maybe people will treat it not like a brand. I don't know where I'm going with that. <laughs> well, have a business <clears throat> mindset. Yeah, exactly. And um, I think I think here in San Jose, people are a little more obsessed with like rap and hip hop and like EDM. Like since EDM blew up, like everybody I know just goes to raves now, and like they listen to that and only that and it's crazy because I can't listen to it like I I can't be in the car and hear like I'm like it it doesn't like speak to me like there's no emotions behind it like I can't relate to it and they pay a lot of money to watch a guy play on a laptop right yeah and they push to push play and it's like you go to an open mic and you see somebody that's that could be on stage for the very first time that you have no idea what they're going through or whatever or what they went through but they're playing this amazing song and you're like oh my god like why aren't you being played, you know? And, and I think that um, people are a little more reserved. They, they would rather go clubbing and partying and stuff like that than to kind of um, go out to shows and, and open mics. But it's changing. It's changing a lot. And I'm seeing a lot more and more and more and more people at open mics. I'm seeing more and more people at shows. I'm seeing uh, the community kind of gathering around, like, local music and local talent a little more now. Mm. And... Um, it's making me really happy. Like at the Forager that Friday night, it was packed and it was just a bunch of people were walking by and they went into this place and it was open and you know, they just decided to stick around and watch some live music. 
I'm really digging the Forager, man. I love that place. I, I, you know, to the point where I was like, you know what? Don't build nothing here. Leave Dude, it as I is. I was talking to the, the owner about that, and he was like, I'm kind of like reconsidering if we should even do like a business, <laughs> if we should just keep this like the way it is. And I was like, we can art gallery with the music. Yeah, dude, you can probably make tons of money off of that. Like, I don't know, but uh, I'm regardless, I'm excited to see what they're going to do there because I know he still wants to keep live music as a part of, of his business and as, as a part of what he does. So. Gee, that's smart. And, Especially and, on that block. Absolutely. Because it's, it's been working and it's been bringing people into his building. So, it like, why not? You know? It, and the guy's it, already getting a buzz before business even is built. Yeah, exactly. So, it's. Fuck, it, dude. I'm excited. Just I know. Thinking Forger, about it. Oh, my God. I'm so, Cara, really man. Off the charts. Off the charts. She's nuts, dude. I I watched her play. I used to try to do the tambourine thing with my foot, too, but I can't, like, drum and play at the same time. Well, she started as a drummer. Uh, Did she? I yeah, yeah. That. I had her here as a guest. Oh, yeah, dude. She's and, fantastic. And, and, yeah, she started as a drummer, and she transfers over to, to, to guitar. guitar. But may, maybe she feels the same way about you, starting out with the bass. Maybe you should put the bass and the guitar at the same time, since yeah. you have a background um, in bass. I, like, every time I watch her play, I'm like, God, she, like, she blows my mind every time <laughs> yeah. I see her play. Like, she has a great voice, like, her guitar styles, and she's very, very talented. Very much so. Yeah. How's your gear? How's uh? What kind of guitar do you, do you play these? Is it's not the same? No, you bought one. Yeah, so it's my guitar. Um, so my my ex actually bought me my guitar that I've been using. It's a Seagull. Um, because That's pretty good I brand. love Seagulls. I, yeah, I've, I'm obsessed with them. Great actually. acoustic sounds. Beautiful acoustic sounds. They have that bass and that warm sound, and that's that's what I love. Good wood. Um, you very good wood. Uh, like Canadian, some of the most of them were, I guess, Canadian beechwood or something like that. Mm-hmm. I heard that it might have been a rumor. What, but what, what gauges do you? Uh, medium, like thirteen to like, yeah, thirty-two. I, I go medium too. Yeah, I have to play medium. I, I break, I break strings every time I play. What's that about? My guitar. Um, <laughs> I, okay, here's the thing. I thought it was me because I play too hard, right. so I started playing softer. And even when I play soft, my strings break, so I changed my picks to the lightest that there is. Broken strings. Um, a couple of days ago, before I played my show in LA, I think it was like two days before I left, or it was the day before I left. I was practicing, and I palm mute a lot, and I was hitting my guitar, and I can hear like, oh, and I saw a crack, and it was right behind the bridge. So when I palm mute, it's going up and down, and that like the strings are pretty much being sawed. So that's how the, I, I that's my theory that on how they break. So I picked up this guitar, other guitar that I have. It's a Jasmine, and I bought it for like fifty bucks at Starving Musician. It is the most beautiful guitar that I think I've ever heard in my life. It, I don't know, mm. I strummed it once and it was just. It just sounded so natural and so beautiful and so like it sounded like a guitar. So I um I took that with me and I left my plug in at home when I played in, in Hollywood and I only had my seagull and I didn't change my strings, so I was like, oh, damn it. Did, did any strings break in Hollywood? Nope. <laughs> That's good. So I actually didn't play my seagull. I made an executive decision to install a plug in on my Jasmine. Uh-huh. So I went to Guitar Center and I bought a plug in, which is basically just installing like two or three mics on the inside of the guitar and oh. putting an adapter at the end of your guitar. So that's cool. And the on and off switch is when you plug in and when you plug out. Wow. Okay. So that's very I, convenient. Yeah, it's absolutely. And it was 200 for, to install it because uh, I needed it then and there. And then it was 200 for the plug in. Um, so it was way cheaper than buying a brand new guitar, which we were talking about doing when we were out in uh, Hollywood. Um, so 
I mean, for like a performing guitar, it's almost like eight hundred to a thousand dollars sometimes. Yeah. Um, it ain't cheap. So four hundred dollars for a guitar I already had. So I took it to this guy across the street, and he put new strings on it. He you, fixed my neck. The starving he, musician. No, um, this was in West Hollywood. I think his his name is like Neely Guitars. Huge shout out to him for making my guitar beautiful. Like, yeah. uh, he installed the plug-in and I plugged it in. I heard it and it was like, I was, it was just amazing because they're microphones. There's no like soldered wires or anything like that. So there's no buzz. So you're hearing like the actual natural guitar like the crisp. way it is. It's beautiful. It's crisp. So I was really excited um, to play it. So at least let you know if like if I'm not singing right, like my guitar is gonna sound good. <laughs> so <laughs> do you ever think about that? I do. <laughs> like for me, I'm like, okay, my singing shit right now, but hopefully I can make compensate with some guitar playing. <laughs> yeah, well, not that, a very good guitarist either. So, okay. <laughs> exactly. I like play the same chords over and over. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man, we, we we briefly mentioned uh, Bob Dylan and um, Tom Petty, but who are some other uh, inspirational? Um, singer songwriters that you look up to um, for me the one that really kicked it off was um, Dallas Green from City and Color uh, if you don't know him um, I don't look him look him up fuck I'll write it down how do you spell his name Dallas Green Dallas um, Green so his band name is City and Color do you get it City and Color yeah C-O-L-O-U-R because he's French Canadian oh. but I've been following this guy for years and it wasn't until the other day I got really drunk and I was like, Dallas Green, such a great singer-songwriter. I love City in Color. City in Color, Dallas Green. City in Color, Dallas. God damn it. Dallas is a city and green is a color. City in Color. I was like, this guy's a goddamn fucking genius. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. Like, what the heck? Like, it didn't, like, occur to me at all, like, what it was. And yeah. then, like, once I realized what it was, I was like, Damn it! <laughs> like, do you, feel, do, you feel, do you feel like you could do one for sailing south? Like sailing, uh, like like uh, sea, <laughs> south down, sea down. Well, when I made sailing south, it's supposed to be a nice way for saying that like I'm I'm sinking, like my ship is sinking and I'm drowning. because um, oh. I'm obsessed with the ocean and the water. And what's the story there? Uh, How often do you go out to the ocean? Um, we I haven't been in a long time, but. I tried to go like every week. Um, just Fishing? Anywhere, Highway 1. No, I just... Drive by go, the coast? Just drive by the coast. Just stop somewhere and hike and get close to a cliff and just kind of sit there and just stare. Like, I can just sit on a beach for hours just listening to it. That itself is therapeutic to me. It's so therapeutic. And it's so like... I hear like songs and stuff in my head when I, play, when I go there too. So it's kind of like... It's a very welcoming place and I, I just... I'm obsessed with that in space. Like, we don't know space and we don't know our ocean. Like, there's uh, depths and depths and depths of ocean that we have no idea what's I feel, there. What I feel, that's where you and Nizra are connected. Space. <sighs> Dude, that would be nuts. Because <laughs> he's, he's also into space. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know Nizra that. Sanchez, yeah. Oh, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, like, very UFO and... But, 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 that but, guy's not from this planet. <laughs> There's dude, no way. Fucking A, man. That guitar playing? There's no out way. Out of this world. I, I know. And it's crazy because one time I broke a string and when I was on tour and he let me play his guitar. <laughs> and um, I like I tuned it like to a regular standard. Yeah. And he like plays outside of like standard. I think he plays in like on a drop D. C or a D or something like that. I, yeah. On a D. And he was yeah. like, you're the only person now that I'll let do that. And I was like, oh. Hey, okay. it's like, true, man. Dude, that's an honor. Thanks. <laughs> it's true. But I one time I asked for a guitar, he almost stabbed me. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. That's a joke. 
<laughs> but I'm pretty sure he, he could have. Yeah. <laughs> now he's he's very very talented guy. He's definitely not from this planet. I don't think so. <clears throat> so so you got this thing for the ocean. You're right, man. There's depths in the ocean that we have yet to really discover. Yeah. So um, so sailing southward, sailing um, south, sinking down. So I wanted my band name to be Sinking Season, um, but that's taken. And it's actually by a local person, too. I think he was from Modesto, but he moved. But um, I was like, well, that's taken. So I was like, sailing south. Like, I was just going to call it sailing, and that was taken. And I was like, god damn it. <laughs> so uh, I remember I took a, a songwriter class a long time ago, and they were telling me that, like, syllables really catch people. So, like, a lot of p and t and s sounds, like, make things easier for people to learn. So that's why, like... It's like some band names like have the same syllables in their names um so i was like well sailing south like the s like it's easy to remember like you remember this like you know and i took that and i was like sailing south and i i just started running with it and i was it was everything it was my band name it was a song title it was an album title it was everything and then when i started doing music i was like okay i like sailing south a lot like that's what i want to do um so have you actually gone out to the ocean though check that out what do you mean? Like, have you gone sailing into the Oh, ocean? yeah, dude. It was a terrible experience. I got <laughs> sick. Like, it was my first time, but I was sick every, like, five, ten minutes. <laughs> when and how? I, I went whale watching. Oh, that's and, cool. Like, Monterey? I, like, yeah, and I told the guy, I was like, oh, do you have drama me? And he was like, oh, I don't think so. And I was like, it says right here that you guys are selling drama me. Like, what do you mean? Yeah. And he was like, nah, we don't have any more. I was like, fuck. So you just puking? So I didn't even get to see, like, the ocean. I didn't get to see anything. I was puking the entire time. Oh. And actually, this other lady was puking when I needed to puke, so I tried to go to the bathroom, and, like, it was locked. I was like, <gasps> and they were like, absolutely no puking over the deck. And I was like, fuck it. And I, like, <laughs> ran to the deck, and I threw up. And he was like, I said no puking. He was like, you don't have drama, mean. And then he walked away. And I was like, <laughs> come at me. Like, this is your fault. <laughs> Yeah, but I do want to go back out in the ocean and, and because I've been on boats before, I just never been in the ocean. That was my first time on yeah. the ocean. It's a totally different vibe. Do yeah. Um. So it makes you feel so small. Yeah, it? it really does. Cause it's just like there's, I don't know how they keep navigation. Cause it's like everything looks the same. It's just freaking water. Like yeah. especially when you're out of the coast. So it's like, yeah. I don't know. It's 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 nuts. But it, it fascinates me how back in the days. The, to really navigate how they travel, the stars. Like, it's nuts. Like it's, it's crazy. Astronomy was a huge part in yeah. sailing back. It's like then. You, you had to wait to like nighttime to really figure yeah, out where you were. Things. And if and if there were clouds, you were screwed. <laughs> <laughs> Just drop a goddamn anchor, take a nap, and yeah, get back much. to it later. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Let's talk about your EP. Um, as you were. This is not your debut EP, is it? No. Well, I released an EP before this, and I did everything myself. I did the drums, the bass, So it was more like a demo? Yeah, it was It was kind of like, it was, I needed to start somewhere, and these were the only songs that I had at the time, so I kind of ran with it. Um, but As You Were um, was the first time that I, I spent, I spent almost two years on, the, on recording this project. Um, I think only one song on this EP was originally, like, meant to be on the EP. I scratched everything, and I, like, was... I, we basically were at the point where I finished the EP and I was like, I have like four new songs that I want to like show you. And he was like, well, I mean, we have five and you can make one more. Like we can do an album. So we were like, okay, let's do an album. So I started thinking about doing an album and we did a bunch of acoustic songs for older songs that I had. And then, um, I was kind of like, no, I kind of just want these five songs to be on there. So I cut the other songs and I changed everything around. 
and um i it's funny as you were was a song that i had was like in a song idea that i had but i didn't have enough money to record it so what were you recording uh noise root studio it's here in california they're actually gonna have a stage at the sofa street fair oh cool um sunday with like bird and willow um, I don't oh. know if you've heard of them. They yeah, played yeah. at the forward. Dude, dude. Bird and Willow. Yeah. Um, oh, of course. And then Mitchell Lujan. Shiloh. Um, yeah, Shiloh. Um, and then Mitchell Lujan gets around in the open mic scene, too. So um, he recorded, actually, with Noise Root Studios, too. So. Are they in San Jose? Yeah. Yeah, he's branched out. He basically turned his garage into, like, a top-grade studio. It's beautiful. Like, I was super, like, scared the first time I got there, and I was like, is this guy okay? Yeah. Like, I didn't want it to be just, like, like one mic. You know, like, but when I, I walked in, it's, like, the walls, he did full construction on everything. He has the pads. He has, like, his dock station. He has just, oh my, it's beautiful studio. So, and he also mixed it? He mixed, he recorded, mixed, mastered everything. So, okay, um, cool, man. I did it fully there. And it took two years? Yeah, uh, just because I kept scratching songs, and, um, a lot of people are like, well, good for you. But it was kind of like, I hate that I like scratch so many songs because sometimes artists will release music that they shouldn't have released um, or that I just wasn't ready to have these songs out yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I they, they needed more work um, and they needed to be rewritten. Uh, but these were like the five songs that um, I felt fit together and that I felt represented me as a singer-songwriter. So there's an indie feel, there's a pop rock feel, um... I have a song that's folky with like a mandolin on it. I have an electric song uh, with just electric guitar, so it's a little bit ambient. And then I have um, a singer-songwriter song. So it's kind of something like everything that I listen to, mm-hmm. um, but just kind of like what I can do as a singer-songwriter. You didn't play all the instruments this time, right? Um, the only instruments I didn't play were drums. Who play? Who who are the studio musicians for that? The studio musicians were Kevin Valco. Um, he's in. Valco Brothers, they're probably some of the best musicians I've ever heard of. They're just really expensive. I can't afford them, but I highly recommend them. They how, how'd you get you get them to play for your so, EP? So Rob, who owns Noise Root Studios, was basically um, recommended them to me, and he was like, uh, "I know a drummer that can play top notch. Um, if you want to use him." So I was like, "Okay, let's get him out here." And he cut me a deal. Um, I basically paid him like a hundred bucks, and I bought him lunch. Um, but it's damn I, good deal. It's a damn good deal. I gave him all the songs that I had and he showed up and had something to play and it was like a week. So it was like maybe six or seven songs that I gave him and he had something for every single song. And I was fucking like, pro man, fucking pro. I was blown away at like everything that he came up with. And I was like, literally what he came up with was what I was like, I wanted in my head. I just, I was shitty drummer. I can't play it. So, yeah. uh, but he came in and he freaking just rocked it. And, um, I would definitely pay the price next time to have him back in the studio. And then the harmonies was um, this girl named Jenny uh, Cocker. She's fantastic. Like, Jenny Cocker? Yeah. A- she, any relation? No. To Joe Cocker? I don't know. Everybody asked me that. <laughs> I, I'm going to ask you that next time. I didn't want to ask and be rude. But like, right. Are you related to Joe Cocker? <laughs> but, um, Is she English? I don't know. Okay. Um. But I basically gave her the lyrics of all the songs and she highlighted different parts of like the lyrics that I gave her in like different colors on what like, different harmonies that she wanted to do. So she wanted to do something falsetto, she would highlight it in yellow. Or you know what I mean? Like stuff like that. So like Dude, man, she was, fucking pro. Whoa. Yeah, and I was like, Oh my god, like 
So like we we got into the studio and she was recording all her harmonies and we were mixing them like we were doing a soft mix then and there and I was like oh my god like she made the EP sound a million times better um, and I'm very thankful for her and then I also featured uh, Brandon Gross uh, he plays under Better Promises um, I featured him in one of my songs too and then another singer songwriter that I know her name is Genesis and uh, she's plays under Boy on Guitar. Um, and then she came in and did some background vocals um, for one of my, my songs too. So um, I like to have like that female voice in my music mm-hmm. uh, because a lot of my songs like relate to heartbreak or about getting over them. So I kind of feel like having that female voice there is kind of like haunting or kind of like a ghost like like she's still speaking to you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so do you think you're over it? Yeah, I'm over it. I, I have a new girlfriend. And oh, I'm it's like, good. Yeah. I um I'm just writing about her now and, yeah. and she it's like babe I got an EP coming out soon just for you yeah she was like I can't wait to hear your new EP because all the songs are about me and I oh like, she's looking forward yeah, to dude, it yeah she's looking forward to it because <laughs> I before I play songs for everyone else she hears it yeah yeah um so um do you, I, do you have any tips I can use some tips <laughs> how do you get over the heartbreak um whiskey whiskey alright um, I, I got some whiskey I, I think honestly I can put it to some good use I, I wasn't planning on meeting anybody. I just met her at a brunch. My sister. Um, this is how these things work, man. It's crazy. So she I'm, was, I'm t- dude, dude. I'm telling you, when you try to look for someone, you won't. You won't find, find anybody. But when you when you don't and you're just chilling there, like you, you, it just happens. Like she was my sister's coworker. She's like, oh, we hired this girl named Cynthia, and um, I think you'd like her. She's really cool. And uh, her birthday is the day after my sister's birthday, so they just had a brunch at Bill's. And I remember her specifically because she came hella late and everybody waited to eat. But, like, when I watched her walk in, I was like, God damn. <laughs> like, whoo. Yeah. And then, like, they, it was, like, 9 or 10 o'clock in the morning. And they were, like, birthday shots. And I was like, holy, it's fucking 9 o'clock. <laughs> Is it too early? <laughs> Um, and I, I just watched her take a shot and I was like, who is this girl? Yeah. Like, uh, it was crazy. Cause I had a conversation with my cousin about like the type of girl that I like dig. And I was like, I don't know. I like freckles, but I really like like Mexican and Latina chicks. And, uh, I love glasses and like, she's Mexican. She has freckles and she has glasses. So I was like. Really? Oh my god! So, like, so so you feel like you do have a, a type? I do have. I know. See, that's I find it weird because I, I like, I think I have a type. Yeah. But the women that I get involved in are not my type. Oh no. Or, or they, I mean, they're not the type that are on paper. Oh okay. But I, I love them to death. Yeah, I, I understand. And I'm like, that. why do I fall in love with this person? I understand that. And it just, again, it comes out of nowhere. It's like the least person you expect. Yeah. If I mean, if I didn't get my heart broken, I don't think that I wouldn't have been able to find myself and to like write this music. So like when I wrote this music, oh, that's I, interesting I, I like I found who I was. Like uh-huh. I found that like if if I was willing to sacrifice my music for somebody that didn't want me to do it, then I wasn't that wasn't who I was. I was compromising me as a person for this other person. And when they broke up with me, I I found that this is something that I wanted to do. And when I started running with it, it started working. It was beneficial, you know, and it was therapeutic. So it was kind of like, this is what I was supposed to be doing like this entire time. And I was willing to compromise who I was like, cause I, my identity is, is sailing South. Like that's my emotions. That's what I'm feeling. That's, that's what I felt. That's, you know what I mean? Yeah. Totally. So I feel like that's the best way to represent who I am. And um, yeah, just after meeting after meeting Cynthia, I just 
I started writing about love and, and, and what it can do to you because heartbreak is easy to relate to, but it's like when you find somebody that you love and it's like you're in that puppy love stage, it's like it, it like we can make it last. And when it lasts, it's like you, you love writing about it. Mm. Um, and I sucked at writing love songs before because I wasn't I – was, I would try to write them, but I wasn't in love. I was, so, so the secret is is to be in love to write I, love I, songs. I feel like it. Um, you kind of have to feel that emotion, those butterflies, those like, I'm scared to call her, but I know she's waiting for my call. But she's really not. I'm just telling myself that, so I'm gonna call her now. <laughs> like you know, like yeah, yeah. Like you're, you're going through those emotions yeah. and should stuff I text like that. her? No, I should have. Absolutely yes. not. Oh, but she, I know she'll like yeah, it. Like, yeah, And it's crazy because I was I like asked her for her number. I slid into her DMs. That's how we started talking. Her what? Her DMs on Instagram. Her direct messages. Okay. Uh, Sorry, dude. I'm no, not. it's okay. I'm old. I got you. I'm 26. I'm balding. <laughs> I'm too old for this app. You two years older than me, man. <laughs> this, this whole app language, I, I know nothing about. So, so, so you you start hitting up on Instagram. Yeah, I. Is I that weird for your sister to be like, "Hey, you're dating my coworker"? So here's the thing that I did. Um, I was eating tostadas with my sister, and I was like, I was talking to the my sister and her boyfriend at the time about it, and I was like, I like her, and they're like, we'll just you know, message her. And was like, I only have her on Instagram. Like, she's not on Facebook or anything, is she? And Bianca's like, I don't think so. So I was like, all right. Um, so I just, like, recorded a video of, like, my sister. And she was like this. And, like, she was, like, just, like, because they like to, like, pretend throwing up gang signs. Like, they make fun of, like, stuff like that. So yeah. I sent that to her. And she is, she did it back to her. And then from there, I was like, hey, hold, like. Hold on. You sent pictures of your sister doing fake gang signs fake to her. Fake gang signs. Were you being like your sister? Like, like. Does she know that it was you sending the messages? Yeah, because it was for my account. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. So yeah, so it was for my. So it wasn't account. like you were catfishing her using your no, sister's profile. No, absolutely not. No. Okay. <laughs> All right. Just, I, I had to clarify. <laughs> so using your own profile. Let's get it. We come to the bottom Damn of it. it. <laughs> All right. So using your own profile, you sent videos of your sister, mm-hmm. and she responded to those. Yeah, she responded, and she said, "Hey, tell her what's up." And then um, I was like, I think the next time I see her, I'll like ask her to hang out. And she was like, well, she doesn't work there anymore. And I was like, then how am I going to ask her out, Bianca? And like, yeah. she's like, just do it now. So like, I wrote something out. I don't remember exactly what I said, but uh oh, um, is that good or bad? I still have the message, but I was like, does this sound good to like to you? And I showed it to her, and she just pushed send. And I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> and that was like the scary. And I think I was like. Um, I think I asked her I was like if you like ever free would you want to hang out like I can maybe grab your number and I can call you and we can like you know meet up somewhere yeah um, and then you know I could take you out to dinner or something and um, or something like that and then she was like yeah for sure my number is blah 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 so she gave me her number and I was like I'm in <laughs> like yeah. you know and I, I started texting her and we just it was a little awkward at first but then like from there it was kind of like we it's were, always awkward at you first. could tell that we were like both interested in each other and we were both like interested to find out more about each other so like before we even had our first date like we kind of knew a lot about each other mm-hmm. and um i asked her out on the date and uh she loves the ocean she loves stuff like that too so we went to santa cruz and we actually pulled off we saw a whale um yeah. off of west cliff and he was like right there at the shore and he was just fishing like eating food um, and that's her favorite animal is a whale. So it was like, oh, cool. So that happened. And then, dude, that uh, whale watching experience with her is probably better than the whale watching experience better. of way you in the boat. Be- yes, way better. So <laughs> I vomiting. See, you could whale watch from see, the shore. You didn't have to go out on the goddamn boat. No, it's so unnecessary. But whale watching from the shore works when you have someone you love next to you. True, true. And pretty soon, I can imagine both of you sharing a toilet to vomit in the boat in the ocean. 
I actually vomited on our first date. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? I I did that. Sorry. No, yeah. That's okay. I did that. Yeah. Um, we went to. We <laughs> what went, happened? We, what happened? Shit. We went to Santa Cruz and they have like nothing but seafood there. And I always wanted to try lobsters, but we went to this place um, on the uh, on the wharf and it was they had lobster tacos and I was like, mm-hmm. and she was like, oh that sounds good. And I was like, I'll eat it. Shit. <laughs> Lobster tacos For you babe I'll eat anything Anything <laughs> And I ate like Maybe one or two And I was like Yeah You're, you're not like, cutting off It's your phone Okay I was like This is the work. most Disgusting thing I think I've ever had In my life Um, But I finished them And <laughs> we like We drove on highway one We yeah. walked to beach And we were on our way back Cause we had We were gonna go to An earthquakes game after uh, so we were heading home, and On 17 I just like Out of nowhere My stomach Grrrled And I was like Huh on the 17 and it went and I was like oh shit and like I pulled over and I like went, I like went out the door and I just like threw up like right there and she was like oh my god are you okay and she was like didn't know like how to comfort me she was just waving her hands in the air and I was like I'm fine and like dude she's like are you okay and I was like yeah like she's like I can drive if you want me to drive I was like no I'm good so I drove home and um we went we walked around there's like a school park across the street from my house I threw up there too and she was like, I don't think we should go to the game tonight. And I was like, no, I dropped the ball. And, like, I said bye. And she was like, don't worry. Like, it's fine. Like, don't worry about it. Like, I had a lot of fun today. I was like, all right. So I walked in, and my sister was waiting there. And she was like, how'd it go? And I, like, shook my head, and I went to my room. And she's like, what happened? And I was like, I got sick. I ate lobster tacos. And she was like, does that even sound good? And I was like, no. She's like, then why did you eat it? I was like, she said she would like it. So I was like, <laughs> <laughs> so I thought I like dropped the ball and like I passed out. I had a migraine after. Then I woke up and she texted me. She's like, "Thank you for everything for today. Like, let me know when you're free to hang out again." I was like, "Oh my god!" Like she's okay. Like I threw up in front of her on the first date like, twice. Twice. If this was like any other girl, they would be like, "Okay, bye." Yeah, like, <laughs> you know. And uh, oops, sorry. But yeah, she was okay with it, and um, that's how I was like, "Okay." Like, God, man, that's such a cute story. Yeah, it's a, no, it's I'm not. A- <laughs> for me, it is. I- a beautiful story, man. Yeah, uh, it was a great first date, and like I, I could not be any happier than like I am right now. She, she went on tour with me for my first tour. Like she's incredibly supportive. Like she'll try to be there at every show unless it's twenty one and over. It's such a difference when you're with someone who's actually supportive. Yeah, and it, it makes you like want to do it. Like it, you know what I mean. Like it, and it makes you want to do it like for them. Like like I writing about her like. I love going on stage and be like, this song's about my girlfriend. And, like, you know, like, I love saying that and pointing at her because she's there. Like, And she's like, like, that's my man. Yeah, exactly. So, like, I don't know. It's it's very nice to have somebody that's very supportive and that's incredibly hot and, like, everything, like, in one picture. You know, it's, it's just it's, yeah. it's great to have. I'm very happy for you, man. That's Thank awesome. You. Yeah. That's really awesome. Yeah, it gives so. me hope now. <laughs> Dude, I, I had a recent heartbreak. I'm she's like, out there, man. That's, 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 that's such a beautiful thing. She's out there. I promise you. All right, man. We we uh, we reached the one hour mark. We usually start closing up shop here. One last question. Mm-hmm. Something something I ask a lot of my guests. All right, man. Think about yourself when you were that kid, looking at those music videos, trying to learn those chords. What's it a piece of advice if you can go back in time and give yourself? Um, if you're interested into it, do it. Um, you have to be shitty to get better. You have to fall to get back up. Um, if you fall, embrace the fall. Like, embrace it and learn and get better. Um, 
if I hadn't picked up my guitar again because like I knew I was a shady songwriter when I first started, like I could have just stopped, but I didn't know that I had potential. Um, and I didn't know that it could have worked out. So, um, if you're looking to do music and stuff like that, just, just do it and keep doing it. You, you can only get better. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so I, I don't know, I guess that's my advice. Is that, is that answer the question or is that yeah, totally yeah. off topic? No, that's great. Okay, that's cool. Great. Sure. We're good. Okay. We're good, right? <laughs> yeah, we're good. <laughs> Southern South, it's a pleasure having you here. Thank you so much. Great for talking me. to you. Thank you. And I believe you're you're gonna send send us off with the song. I am. All right. And what's the name of the song? As you were. As you were. Which and is not on As You Were EP. <laughs> the song is not on the EP. No. Uh, I didn't oh, have you get you're getting it. an exclusive listeners. Exactly. An exclusive song from yep. Setting South. Exclusive. Is there a particular story to this one? Uh, this one's about my girlfriend now. Um. I, I had the title I just didn't have a song um, Completed I had a chorus But After I met her I, I just Wrote about how I felt And Alright This is it
something more I love you, it's so typical I wanna 